It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. And now, this is the Neighborhood Podcast with New Age Insider's Chief of Staff, D.C. Matthews. It is Friday night in the neighborhood. My name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI, and I would like to welcome you to the neighborhood podcast. Oh, thank you. Ah, the dulcet tones you hear are the sounds of my co-host, the, what did I say on Twitter? The yin to my yang, the pumpkin to my spice, the... Frankly, I think of the two of us, I'm the spicy one. So I'm the... What would that make me? Savory? Well, the, the pumpkin. Pumpkin? Yeah, well, yeah, and savory. I think that's a good... No, I think the savory was a good... Uh, yes. Good You're active. the spicy, I'm the savory, I'll take uh-huh. that. All right. It is the Neighborhood Podcast. DC Matthews. Doc Manson here with you. You can find him on Twitter, at Doc Manson. Just checking very quickly. 165 followers. You're You're very popular there, Doc. I'll give you my Twitter secrets, folks. Here it is. This is how you get followers on Twitter. You just follow random people, and approximately 30% of them will follow you back. You've got to be closer to 50. Let me just look again here. Yeah, you're following 336, and you have 165 followers. And I'm not a great math person, but that's almost exactly a 50% ratio. Well, that's true. But I think, in all fairness, I probably actually organically earned about 65 of those followers. And since then, when I've been going on my following sprees, if you will, I think my success rate has been lower than 50%. (laughs) Well, what I think... I'll tell you what does not work. Being on Twitter... Tweeting and saying intelligent things, that does not work. That does not get you followers. No. And I and I do think tweeting helps, but that's true. Not, not, not that I'm going to say the things I say are actually intelligent. A lot of times they're not. I'll be the first one to admit it. But you're right. A more regular tweeting probably would help if I was on there every day. Mm-hmm. Um, although, but, although I have 47,000 tweets and I have 800 Followers. So it's really working out well. So our, our tweet-to-follower ratio, again, is probably in your favor. All right, Neighborhood, here's your homework for this week. I want you to share the Neighborhood podcast with one of your friends. Just one. And that's the only way for us to grow. No? I mean, go on iTunes. Go look up the uh, Neighborhood podcast. I know we don't have our own feed. We're part of the NAI pod. But seriously, go on to iTunes or whatever your uh, podcast service of choice is. Get on there. Look us up. Leave us a review. And make sure you specifically mention that you listen to the Neighborhood. I think that's going to do us wonders. That'll get us out there. Well, and I don't know if you're aware because you have been off doing your professional thing. But New Age Insiders is now the official wrestling podcast of WEEI, Boston's biggest sports radio station. That is freaking amazing. Congratulations, guys. They're on the website. They're on the feed. If you subscribe to WEEI Podcast, which people all over the world do, you can hear the New Age Insiders. You know who's not on the WEEI feed? Who's that? The Neighborhood Podcast. Not yet, but maybe someday. (laughs) We can dream. We can hope. We can hope. We can dream. 
All right, before we get into the meat of our conversation, uh, let's talk pumpkin. Any new pumpkin recipes, treats, delights that you've had? People want to know. October is pumpkin month here in the neighborhood. Anything pumpkin you'd like to share? Um, I had a pumpkin spice donut from Dunkin' Donuts. It's not great, but it'll do in a pinch. Okay. That's about it. Although the other thing I'll say, I mean, this is not pumpkin related, but it is now officially October. This is the month of Halloween. This is my favorite time of the year. And uh, I have a quest this year. My what, quest what's is that? Shocktober. And I know I've been using that to talk about Halloween Havoc, but Shocktober is a legit thing. I'm going to attempt to watch 31 movies in 31 days. All horror movies, one a day, for the entire month of October. I don't think I'm going to do it, especially because tonight I'm recording a podcast. However, it is my goal, and if I even get to you know 14 movies throughout this month, I'm going to consider that a win. But I'm really going to try to hold myself to it. I started last night, movie number one was Zombievers, streaming on Netflix. I would highly recommend it. It was actually pretty funny, uh, and it was everything that I would have hoped from a movie called Zombievers. Now, are these have to be because you are famous, at least in our circles, for being a horror movie fan. Do these have to be new movies, or can you watch one you've seen before? Um, in the spirit of things, it's typically ones that you have not seen before. Although, I, I do have a couple on the list that I haven't seen in a long time that I kind of want to see again. Like, for instance, I caught Gremlins on uh, cable television like a week ago, so I thought maybe I would throw Gremlins 2 on there, because I haven't seen Gremlins 2 in a long, long time. But, you know, it's not it's not always strictly a horror movie. I know like Gremlins 2 is really more of a horror comedy. Um, and I, I really do tend towards horror comedies myself. So there's a lot of those on my list, but I am also using this as a chance to catch up because I've been out of the loop for a long time. I mean, I'm a big fan of the evil dead, probably my favorite horror movies of all time, Sam Raimi. And, uh, I have not seen 2009's drag me to hell. It's a fantastic movie. Everybody says it's great. Never seen it. It's been six years and I haven't watched it. I know I'm going to love it, but you know what I did? Like three days ago, I went on to Netflix, I resubscribed to a DVD plan, and I filled it up with horror movies. So the plan is I'm going to have movies coming in, the discs. When I don't have those, I'm going to be streaming. I'm going to try to augment disc in, disc out. And I'm going to try to catch up on some of those movies that aren't available on streaming and I've been meaning to watch for years and I'm hopefully getting myself all cut up this month. That's the goal. Now, are you allowed to, like, double dip? So if you're free tomorrow, can you watch, like, four and get ahead of the game? Are you allowed to do that as long as I mean, it's 31 in 31 days? I think Does however that... you get there, I think it counts. Now, again, we'll get to the wrestling, folks. Calm no, we won't. Down. Calm no, down. This is, this is, this is all, all this. All the time. I would really be okay with this. So you and I used to chat in the wee hours of the morning because I've been an early riser for my entire life, and mm-hmm. you, to the best of my knowledge, have been a night owl. So we would be on AIM. <laughs> AIM is instant messenger, folks. AOL instant messenger for you kids at home. What's that? AOL? Yes. That's a- another acronym in an acronym. I don't understand. Did I ever tell you that my parents still pay for Earthlink? Of course they do. $5 a month? Of course they do. Yeah. There are Anyways. people who still pay for AOL. Anyways, so I would get up at four in the morning and hop on my computer, and there would be Doc Manson, who hadn't gone to bed yet, and we that would be probably the only time we would chat that month would be randomly because you were up late. So are you still doing the late sleeping thing, or have you, now that you're a professional person, is it, you know, <laughs> 10, 11 o'clock and you're tucked oh, in? Oh, no, no. I mean, honestly, most nights I'm probably in bed by 10 o'clock, maybe 9.30 even. So I, I'm really not that late these days. Um, I've been getting up... 
I mean, I've been sleeping a little past six recently, but for a long time I was getting up like four thirty, five o'clock because I just couldn't sleep. But, mm. uh, but yeah, I've been sleeping in a little bit more everywhere recently, so that's good. Well, let me see if I can make this segue. Hold on. Well, you won't have to stay up late for this Saturday's WWE Network special live from Madison oh, Square Garden. Wait, are we segueing? Because I'm not done talking about horror movies yet. Hold on, there's just one thing I want to mention. And the only reason why I want to mention this is because it's related to the pod. It actually is. And somebody on Twitter uh, was it coming at me with this. I forget what your name was. We talked a little about horror movies a couple weeks ago. Uh, Human Centipede, I brought up another film. And anyways... As is, a result this T- that, is this T-Hog, the one who you corrupted it, his child? Oh, it could be. Somebody suggested that uh, I should see See No Evil 2 for myself because it was terrible. And what do you think the first Blu-ray I got from Netflix today was? See No Evil 2, starring our very own Kane. So I'm going to be putting that one up and hopefully watching it tonight. And I'll report back to the neighborhood as soon as I have something to say. Oh, I I think we're going to need a horror movie update each and every week here on the Neighborhood Podcast because people listen to this show not just for the intelligent wrestling, as we just talked about on Twitter. Intelligent wrestling only gets you so far. They're here because we have a great dynamic, or so they say, and really, I think it's because you are the spicy. I'm the savory. (laughs) They get me all the time. You're the exotic, you know, from the, you know, from parts unknown, you know, truth or consequences, New Mexico. That's you, Doc Manson. Uh, thank you, question mark? All right, so... All right, segue. We'll segue. Uh, Madison Square Garden show is tomorrow night. We're not going to do predictions and productions, but since... I predict Brock Lesnar will win. Well, I think that's a pretty safe prediction to make. Production. All right. How long will it take him? Uh, or more, or let, let me ask a better question. How many times will the big show pretend to take a German suplex? As many as it takes. All right. Uh, are you familiar with the card? Uh, Brock Lesnar versus the big show. And the rest of the I'm card. pretty sure that's the only card. Nope. Uh, to my count, there are five other matches. You're lying. Nope. This will probably be a two-hour show. I think it starts at 8 o'clock tomorrow, live from Madison Square Garden. So All right, Brock- lay it on me. Brock Lesnar versus The Big Show is kind of... Going to open the show. I got it right. It's probably the least important match on the card. It is the main event, I would imagine. So that's... But have no fear. There's more. For example, The Viper, Randy Orton, will be taking on Sheamus. Okay, who gives a crap? Nobody. Gotcha. But, wait, it gets better. <laughs> Does it? Dolph, I can't possibly get any better than that. Dolph Ziggler will be taking on... Don't tell me. Rusev? Yes, indeed, sir. Oh Dolph my God, Ziggler that's and be a Rusev. Classic. Never seen that before. Oh my I, God, it's going to be so good. I think Summer Rae's going to hit someone with her purse this time. That will be... What about the other shoe? Oh, there you go. You know, that would have been great if she that was her new gimmick, because she only had one shoe, because she I threw the agree. other one. That would be hilarious. It would be way better than what they're actually doing. We are going to see the New Day, one of our personal favorites, taking on the Dudleys. I don't know if it's a title match or not, but I believe they are. So I'm excited about that match because those guys are always good. Uh, John Cena versus Seth Rollins in a steel cage. Aren't we going to have Hell hell in a Cell soon? We are, but this is a cage. It's different. This one doesn't have a roof. And John Cena won't be around for Hell in a Cell. Is that true? We'll get to that. That's a that's the rumor. Yeah. We'll get to that. 
Right. Uh, and also, the cell surrounds the ringside area as well. So this will be just around the ring. Seth Rollins wins this one because John Cena is going to disappear for a little bit. Do you want to just talk about that now? The rumor out there on the no, dirt I don't want to talk about that right now. All right, and then for the Intercontinental title, <laughs> this one you'll like, I think, maybe. Kevin Owens uh-huh. will take on yeah. Chris Jericho. What? That's what the match is. Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho why? for the Intercontinental title. I repeat, why? Why not? This is actually the match Has I'm looking for. Has there been forward. any build? No, but it's a house show. Has Chris Jericho been... On any programming? Not since Night of Champions. Has he had any interactions with Kevin Owens? Not that I'm aware of, but Chris Jericho does the house show circuit. He randomly pops in. and I know. You know, I think he wrestled Neville on Beast in the East when they were but in I Japan. don't know if you know this, uh, DC, but the difference between the Madison Square Garden show and a true house show is that this one's going to be televised. Now, do you have a problem with the fact that it's just a random match? I, I like that part. Uh, I mean, not really. I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, all the other card is matches that we've seen a thousand times. I guess I'd rather have this than that. So, I, yeah, I, I guess I should check myself before I wiggity-whack wreck myself. What was that? Check myself before I wiggity-whack wreck myself. You had, like, the pause and the intonation right there, too. That was that was very good, you spicy pumpkin meatball. Uh, I don't know. I mean, honestly, though... um, you know, the house shows, of course, are going to have matches that are just randomly on there because that's what a house show is. When you're going to build something up and put it on the WWE Network as, you know, an event, I, I, you would think that you want to have yourself building towards something to make it more something that people are invested in. Now, I understand that you can't necessarily have shows that people are invested in all the time, but you're making the problem for yourself by putting it on the network. You know what I'm saying? I like, do. I do understand what you're saying. I mean, on the other hand, though, I mean, I'm actually, I'm actually supportive of the idea of the house shows going on to the network. I mean, and if anything, you know, I think we've talked a little bit in the past about whether or not they can get to the point where Raw or SmackDown are on the network, yep. you know, simultaneously. I mean, but when you look at what they're doing, at this point, they're running events, quote-unquote events, every two weeks. So there's only, like, one week off now versus the next time that there is live content on the network. I mean, all they have to do is fill in those off weeks and you have weekly wrestling on the network that you can't see anywhere else. I mean, that's how you get around the licensing deals for raw. You just add a whole nother piece of content, Mm -hmm. right? House shows. I mean, it's, you could turn that into an ongoing series. The but, I, the idea that the the boys on NAI Pod had, Liam Stryker had this idea, was you send a crew out to one house show a week because they, t- they have four or five, and sometimes they have multiple ones in different cities each night, and you call it Saturday Night House Party or something like that, and every Saturday... That's they a sh- terrible name. Well, that's... Did Liam come true. up with that? No, I think somebody else came up with that. All but, right, Liam, you're still okay in my book. But, well, maybe he did come up with it. But If you, you came up with it, Liam, you've got to check yourself before you... Wiggity-whack, wreck yourself. That's going to be the name of the podcast if we change our name. It's going to be the Wiggity-whack, wreck yourself podcast. Oh, we haven't talked about that on here. Neighborhood. We're thinking about changing the name of the podcast because yes. apparently I'm not good enough to be part of the neighborhood. No, let me explain. No, that's exactly what it comes down to. 
If you remember, and you wouldn't. You think I'm a jackass, and I don't deserve to be on the neighborhood. That's what it comes down to. Let me tell you a story, friends. This podcast, if you remember way back to the, even before the Grizzly Matthews days, way back to when this first started, the whole idea of the Neighborhood Podcast was that it was going to be a place for me to talk to you, the neighborhood. And we even had Brandon McIntyre join us at Brandon McNAI, and we had a conversation, I think, once upon a time. I think we tried to put it on YouTube or something like that. And then I realized, A, I don't think I'm a very good interviewer, and B, I have very little technical skills. So I decided, rather than doing the interview, why don't I just learn how to do a podcast? Then my good friend, former groomsman in my wedding, as I was looking at the pictures today, there, Doc Manson, joined in and we took off in a direction that I don't think anyone in the neighborhood or outside the neighborhood would have anticipated. So I'm beginning to think we need a new name. This is the Neighborhood Podcast, and we try to get the neighborhood involved, but this has become something completely different. So, I mean, I love the audience participation is the only thing. I, I know we don't necessarily get a lot, but we're putting out there, we're asking for topics. People do respond to us. Except you yelled at me for talking too much about the topics. You just Before we went on the air, you told me that <laughs> I spoiled the show because we well, were talking about it. Well, in all fairness, I think that we should go into our conversation unspoiled, unformed. I like to react. I like to come on this show and just react. That's why I'm spicy. I don't think about what I'm going to say before I say it. And all sorts of random things just come out of my mouth. But if we came onto the pod, had a conversation about something, and then moved the conversation onto Twitter to involve the neighborhood, I think that gives us a more spontaneous show. Now we're going to come on here and we're going to be like, Oh, man, I have all these preconceived notions that I've thought about and built a logical argument around. That seems like a waste of everybody's time. All right. So regardless, we're having a conversation here. I think we should look into a name change. I've shared a couple of ideas. Uh, Doc has hated each and every one. No, that's sure. not true. I just think one of them has is good, but I just think it has the potential to be misinterpreted. I think the one you came up with that I liked was DC Matthews and Doc Manson talk wrestling. So double D's of T, right? DDT podcast. The double T's talk wrestling. DDT. I I do like that one as well. I will admit that is, I believe, a Jason Maltoff idea. I like it, but when I start thinking about the double D connotation, I think about what our uh, little snapshot should be for the show on the iTunes player or whatever it is. And the album cover, well, when, hmm, we just got to make sure spicy. we got to make sure the T is there. We got to feature the T prominently. The double D's of TNA. Did you see the picture that was? Did you not listen today? to what I said? No. What? Which one? Uh, apparently, Finn Balor w- was outside the TNA wrestling offices in Nashville because NXT is in Nashville, and he did a picture with the DX crotch chop in front of TNA headquarters. Apparently. I bet so. you the WWE doesn't like that because he's acknowledging TNA's existence, something they haven't done in a decade. I don't think it's going to end well for him, although nope. you and I are going to have a conversation at some point about Finn Balor and how we're not sure how it's going to end for him regardless. Mm. But it was interesting. People were like, oh, it's like the Monday Night War. And I'm like, no, because the Monday Night Wars were competitive. Yeah, T- TNA is going out of business. It's not going to be yeah. here in six months. Yeah, they were like, well, maybe Vince McMahon will buy it. And I was like, Why? 
I outside mean, I, of the library, right. maybe so you can show some Samoa Joe matches. Unless you're going to get some of those wrestling, they're talents. the only people in the world who would buy that library, and so they should be able to get it for dirt cheap. And if they can get it for dirt cheap, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't buy it. But yeah, they certainly don't need it. I'd certainly watch the TNA pay per views if they were on the WWE network, but I don't know uh-huh. how many people would. So I'd watch, yeah, no, that's a good place for him. All right, so we're looking for names. If you have ideas on names, I do like the DDT thing. You're the tech wizard, so you'd have to come up with some way of making an iTunes image that would look, you know, not scandalous. I'm I'm just thinking scandalous is the way to go, though, because I know it might not be family-friendly, but if you want to get noticed in this world of YouTube, I mean, you go onto YouTube, man, and you look at any YouTube video about any random subject, and you look at what the still is, it's always some scantily clad young co-ed who has, appears nowhere in the video. I mean, that's how you get ratings. That's how you get people to pay attention to you. That, that is how we expand this podcast. But I want this to be a family-friendly fr- family show. There we go. See, look, I'm showing you the picture. There's the yeah, 2Ds with that the That kind of looks um, well, that was phallic kind of in, to me. That was kind of into, well, oh, that wasn't what I was uh-huh. intending at all. Yeah, well, let's flip it upside down and look at it again. And, yeah! <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So, uh, you know, we can't have a long name. Otherwise, it would be the PhD of pessimism and the professor of positivity. You are not a professor. Well, there's no good word that rhymes with <laughs> teacher or has the alliteration. The teacher of Temerity. I don't even know what that word means. I need a thesaurus. So, where I lost my paper. What were we talking about? We were talking about Madison Square Garden, house shows. Um, the card's really not that inspiring, and I don't think there's much more to say about it. No. There are some matches I'm looking forward to, and people are saying, hey, it's wrestling on a Saturday night. We should be grateful for that. And that is true. But I would hope that, you know, I would go to a house show. There's going to be a house show at a casino near us next weekend, I'm pretty sure. And if I wasn't going to be out of town, um, I would be looking into, you know, whether or not to go. And I would be more inclined to go if it was just random pairings. If it was like Chris Jericho's taking on, you know, not Randy Orton or some guy we've always seen, but Chris Jericho takes on Kevin Owens or Neville wrestles Randy Orton or John Cena wrestles, you know, all three members of New Day in a handicap match and, you know. Yep. But, all right. So, the Madison Square Garden show is tomorrow. We're on the road to Hell in a Cell. That's what kind of spurned this show to be broadcast on the network, because this is the Brock Lesnar Goes to Hell tour, and I apologize to all the children listening. I'm using uh, hell in a geographic sense. It's not meant badly. It's just that's geographically what they're talking about, right? I always thought it was kind of a state of being. A state of mind or a state of being? Well, instead we... of being in this case, because, I mean, they're in the cell and getting the hell beat out of them. They're going through hell, like, you know, physically. Oh. Um, so literally hell in a cell, state of being, putting their bodies through torture or, you know, synonym, is, hell. Is, is, your, is your PhD in philosophy? Because that was very deep. Well, I mean, it is called, you know, a PhD, and the P does stand for philosophy. What Doctor is the H? Philosophy. It's part of the P. So the PH, okay, I'm learning something That's here. what PhD the... is, Doctor of Philosophy. But you're a doctor of philosophy in an advanced science field. Correct. The philosophy still... of that science? Is that well, what this is? Uh, you could say so, but that's what a PhD is technically. It's a doctor of philosophy in your chosen field. 
Okay, well, we all learned something today here on the neighborhood slash DDT I mean, during, podcast. During my PhD thesis defense, I was in front of my committee, you know, they're asking me questions. They're grilling you. They want to know about your research. They really want to, you know, hear all about, you know, specifically what you did and why you did it and your justifications. And that's, you know, part of it. But eventually, I was giving them very matter-of-fact answers, and someone on my committee, you know, finally sort of said to me, hey – this it's called a doctor of philosophy. We want you to philosophize a little. Not don't just tell us the literal logical facts, but also, you know, sort of speculate. And I said, Oh, well I can do that for days. Let's go ahead. <laughs> and it was smooth sailing from there. But yeah, absolutely. They want you to know enough that you're able to even speculate intelligently about topics that you might not, you know, have studied in depthly. Well, interesting. It's part of the training. All right. So let us think deeply then about Hell in a Cell. The main event is going to be Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker. We haven't touched upon it yet, and I think the reason is because neither of us are particularly looking forward to it. Uh, Um, It'll be fine. uh, We did have somebody. It is Fan Friday. We're recording on a Friday night. It is Fan Friday over there at NewAgeInsiders.com, which means anyone, 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 anyone can post if you register. And I believe at Prozac85, I believe that's his name. Uh, posted about how he is terrified about this Hell in a Cell match because, as you mentioned, this match does have a very brutal nature and it is a torturous process. And as we saw at Night of Champions, for someone who is in their 50s, be it Sting or anyone else, just a regular match can be an ordeal. And so Prozac85 is worried about Mark Calloway, the man, as The Undertaker, the mystique, wrestles... Brock Lesnar, do you share his concerns? Are you worried for the health of The Undertaker inside uh, the cell? No, not really. I mean, I understand the concerns, but this is a guy who's choosing to take this on. He thinks he can go. WWE doctors apparently think he can go. I mean, when someone gets injured, when somebody like Sting gets injured, it's a freak thing. It's not intended. It's not, you know... It's not done on purpose, and it's not something you can really predict. You could say, oh, he was 56 years old. Whatever, man. Uh, Ric Flair wrestled until he was freaking 70 years old, and he never had any, you know, uh, major injuries. Everybody's a little different, and the situation, the circumstances are always random and different. I know maybe in your mind you think, oh, it's a bad idea once you get to be that old. But, I mean, come on. You see people's careers end every day for guys in their 20s. Things just happen. I mean, it's just a fact of life Mm -hmm. and of this business. I'm not particularly worried as well, mainly because I, you know, I have the same worry I would have if he was in any sort of match. If this was Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker in just a regular match or a strap match or anything, that, you know, I have worry in the I hope he doesn't get injured like I have worries for all sorts of people. But I don't think that the sell necessarily is, you know, we saw at SummerSlam. Brock Lesnar treated him a little more kindly than he did at WrestleMania. And The Undertaker was in much better shape at SummerSlam than he was at WrestleMania 30. So I don't think we're going to have this kind of problem. But I can understand the nature of, you know, the brutality of the match being a little more concerned. What bothers me, though, is I'm not super excited for this. Is this it? Do you think this is the end of this feud? Does it culminate at WrestleMania? Do they have a best of four series? I don't see why they would. Um, It just feels so weird to me that they're just pooping this thing out. So, (laughs) I know. But seriously, though, I mean, there's been no buildup 
to this. I mean, obviously, okay, there is some build when you have Paul Heyman coming out there and the Hell Tour or whatever, but... I mean, it just seems like it's just coming out of nowhere, really. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's not They're like that first this... match at WrestleMania where there was this big, strong, you know, push towards a big, grand event. This just feels like an also ran. This to me feels like a UFC fight. You know, the UFC fights don't have they don't have a show with a lot of build that I'm aware of. So this feels to me like they think that Brock Lesnar and the Undertaker are so big on their own that they don't need to put any sort of work into making the match exciting. The match sells itself, which one could argue whether or not that's true. I think SummerSlam certainly did, but there was more build to that one than we've yeah, seen Yeah, and I, I mean, UFC and wrestling are different shows, is what it comes down to. And I think in wrestling, the storylines matter. I think the build matters more here because the fight is not a legitimate competitive contest. Um, the excitement in UFC simply comes from, well, who's going to win? And I don't think that's where the excitement comes from in wrestling anymore. I mean, obviously, we don't know for sure who's going to win. That can change at any time. There is some mystique there. But I think the real fun, the joy of watching wrestling comes from the stories, comes from the build, comes from the journey, if you will. Because that's what wrestling is. It's a storytelling medium. That's all I got to say. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm Again, it's the difference between us. You know, I'm the wrestling purist here, and granted, while I'm not super excited for this match, I'll watch it, you know, because I oh, think yeah. it will be an entertaining contest. Oh, but... I'll watch it, and it will be an entertaining contest. The wrestling will be, the wrestling part of it will be great. I'm, I have no doubt. It will be a good show. But I, Do I you... think the journey is, you know, much more important in professional wrestling than it is in U- the UFC. Do you watch wrestling, and we're getting into what could be its own show here, and I know we have other topics that we want to kind of build upon, but do you watch wrestling for the storytelling? Like, I watch wrestling for entertainment, be it the silly wrestling stuff that we all love, whether it's for the uh, the wrestling itself, which, as a purist, I really enjoy. And I do like the storytelling, but I'm not as tied to the storytelling as other people. Some people, if there's a, you know, if a story is dropped or if something happens, I don't lose my mind as much as some other people do. Are you watching this strictly for the storytelling? What's what's your no no I don't, no no definitely not. NXT was the best product WWE was putting out last year, and I was not watching it for the storytelling. I was watching it because there was a lot of great guys putting on fantastic matches. Um, Sami Zayn, Neville. There was some good storytelling going on there as well, uh, but it really was the matches that kept me interested. And it's good matches, you know, all the time. There's ones I'll go back to, um, you know, Jerry Lynn and RVD put on so many good matches. Those are my favorites probably all time. But I I couldn't tell you what the stories were there because I never saw the stories. I saw an RVD DVD years after the fact, and I fell in love with those matches. Um... So I, I watch for both reasons. I watch for the entertainment overall. I do think my favorite part of the show is Wrestle Silly, so that's the storytelling side of things. Um, but yeah, absolutely, the wrestling is... I, I loved TNA. TNA has never had a great storyline, ever, probably. But that the the X division there was the first time I ever saw cruiserweights, and I was enamored. Are you kidding me? AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Kazarian, Petey Williams. I mean, amazing, amazing stuff. I only watched that show because of how good the wrestling was at the time. All right. So yeah, both. both. I, do, I just wanted to make sure. So yeah. the storytelling aspect, we're not going to see a whole lot of storytelling in Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker, but the second Cell match, which was announced last night on SmackDown or Tuesday night on SmackDown, depending if you follow the spoilers or the actual show, make your next point. Uh, the only thing I want to say is I think the storytelling is more important right now because we know 
Brock Undertaker is not going to be an amazing wrestling match. It's going to be good. They could have they could have good psychology. They could you know do some things that put together a really you know solid match, but it's not going to be an amazing athletic contest. It's just not. Is there blood? And if so, is it accidental or intentional? Um, aren't isn't it always accidental now? I mean, you it's you can do it intentionally accidental, but there's no blading, so the, the, it's not uh, really intentional. I think it's used very sparingly. We are existing in a PG product type world, so I think it's used sparingly. Uh, but I think for big matches such as this one, I think they might try to maybe they won't blade as they were used they used to do so an intentional accidental please. yes they yeah. will oh no i yeah. i think act. that's more likely yeah for sure yeah. all right so that match doesn't have a great deal of storytelling but as i was saying the match that does have a bit of storytelling is the next cell match and i believe there's going to be two maybe possibly three and that will be bray wyatt versus roman reigns did you watch all of raw did you see their match from uh, at their main event um. Yeah, maybe. I don't remember. They went into the crowd at one point. Bray Wyatt picked up a uh, oh yeah, WWE and he did the... employee and threw him into yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And he went crashing through the barricade together. Yeah, I mean it was a good physical contest. I uh, it was I enjoyed. I Bray Wyatt is one of my absolute oh. favorite wrestlers to watch in the ring, and Roman Reigns is making improvements each and every week. A lot of people are given that grief because while they spent the entire night saying the last encounter, the final battle. It obviously ended, you know, with more story to come. But I did that didn't bother me so much because the match itself was so good. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It was a good match, and I'm sure they'll give us a great match at Hell in a Cell too. But I mean, at some point, they're not adding anything to the story anymore. They're spinning some wheels. They're going to give us maybe some good contests. But okay, I get it. You guys don't like each other. Although one of my problems with Bray Wyatt is he never really articulates why. He has problems with people. He always just says some sort of mumbo-jumbo that never really quite makes a tangent, a, a point. It never makes a point. So I, I I have trouble with a lot of his feuds because of that. I really don't know what they're feuding over. Well, it's... I, again, had this happened six months ago, this would be the... You know, Bray was the personification of all of the internet wrestling fans desire to literally have it be anyone but Roman Reigns being in oh, that main event spot. Oh, he did say that, spot. didn't he? That was it. Yeah. It was, it's anyone that, but you. Sure, but again, that was a good... That was ha- good. Had that happened right after WrestleMania, and I don't remember when this feud started, the summer kind of blurs together, but had that happened right after WrestleMania, it would have made all the sense in the world. But... I, it would have been I, even better if it happened right after Royal Rumble and Bray had been doing everything he would, could in the world to try to prevent him from getting to WrestleMania. That would have been a strong story. That would have been an excellent story, but we had to see the passing of the torch between Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns at Fastlane. So I think I think this is it. I think this is the, you know, uh, the cell matches are usually, not always, but usually... Uh, the definitive end to a feud, and I think this one will be the end of Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt Part 1. I'm sure they'll battle again at some point. Um, No doubt. So I'm excited for that one. I'm more excited for Roman and Bray than I am for Brock and Taker. I'm just going to go right out there and say it. I've seen Brock and Taker, and I know we've seen Bray and Roman too, but I'm really excited to see what Bray Wyatt does in a cell. I think we could have some exciting stuff. I think he probably uh, projects a hologram. I'm hoping not. 
I'm hoping there's that's... no holograms. I've still got my Dean Ambrose heel turn hope pinned to my sleeve, but that's probably is he even me. in this match. No, but when has that stopped anyone from you know yeah, finding enough. their way into the cell? You know, we'll get a hologram that turns miraculously with Wrestle Magic into Dean Ambrose, and he'll be doing all sorts of crazy things. So one can hope. One can hope. All right. Um, and I'm not sure what else is go- has been announced. I'm sure we're going to get Charlotte versus Paige versus Nikki Bella. Um, I've heard there's going to be a John Cena open challenge, but let's talk about that. The rumor is, we're talking about it now, whether you like it or not, John I Cena like is it. taking some time off for quote-unquote personal reasons. Uh, people are speculating. You said when I mentioned this to you before the show that maybe he's going to get married to the aforementioned Nikki Bella. That's a possibility. Um you know, I, I'm being a conspiracy theorist, and I've just come to terms with the fact that that's what I am when it comes to wrestling. Uh, watching him on Monday with the New Day, he did not look as emotionally invested as he usually is. Now, granted, he's wrestling Xavier Woods, who is many steps below the caliber of talent that John Cena usually wrestles. One but... question for you. Sure. Did you make the observation about John Cena's investment in this match before or after having read the rumors that he was going to take some time off? Before. I noticed it Monday night. I could you're, go back you're through. You're being legit with me? I could go back through. I'm pretty sure I tweeted something about it. But okay. I do remember watching him on Monday. I think it was during the tag match. The Dudley boys were in the ring. And instead of like trying to pump the crowd up, John Cena was just kind of leaning on the turnbuckle, kind of staring off into space. You know, usually he is 100% focused on whatever he's doing. He looked like he was a million miles away. And I could have just, you know, I could be totally wrong on this. He could, you know, be getting surgery for something that we don't know about. He's had a nagging injury and he just needs a couple of months off. I don't know what the reasoning is, but he seemed a little off. Maybe I'm just being a conspiracy theorist. I'm okay if that's the case. But he's taken time off. That means that he may or may not drop the U.S. title. Maybe he loses it to Seth Rollins in the cage this Saturday. I don't know. Uh, anything strike you when you hear he's taking time off? Do you care at all? Not really. He's a good talent. I'm glad he's around when he's around. Um, but he can. he's at the stage of his career where if he disappears for a little while, I don't think we're missing anything. So by all means, take the time that he needs for whatever reason it is. Now, apparently, there's a show called Total Divas on the Entertainment Network. Have you ever watched Total Divas? It's a fantastic show. Again, I can never tell if you're serious or not. Have you ever watched Total Divas? Yes. Yes, I have. Do you watch it regularly? Uh, not regularly, but I was a, one of the seasons I've probably seen most of the episodes of, yeah. Does Mrs. Manson watch regularly? Uh, not regularly, but if it's on in syndication, like if they're just playing a couple episodes back-to-back, she'll turn it on, absolutely. Have you watched this season or the mm. season finale or whatever? I don't think I saw the season finale, although I think I saw some from this season with Eva Murray uh, doing some training with Brian Kendrick. So, yeah, I saw something from this season. So apparently on the show recently, Dolph Ziggler was flirting with Nikki Bella. I don't know if that has what to do with anything. It's probably just for the storyline. Apparently they were dating at some point in the past. But mm. Twitter speculation, not having really anything to do with John Cena, but they think that maybe they can build this into a Dolph Ziggler heel turn, which we think we all would agree would be nice. And we'll talk more about heels in a bit. But 
and maybe he and Nikki could have something, and then we could see a Cena Dolph Ziggler feud when he gets back. Does that is that something you would be at all interested in? They'll be good matches. They're both I, very talented. I'm doing this fantasy booking WrestleMania thing. I'm trying to involve you in all of my tweeting to show you that I am promoting. Uh, the last time I checked, my video today has one view. I'm very excited about that, and I appreciate that, whoever that person that was. That was not me. That's fine. Whoever it was, I'm, I hope they enjoyed it. Uh, we we talked about Survivor Series. My Survivor Series has Sting versus Sheamus in the main event uh, for the World Heavyweight Championship. Sting is the champion. And uh, Sheamus was on a quest to eradicate all mention of WCW. He took out Booker T. He took out the Big Show. He took out all sorts of people. You just looked absolutely enthralled with this. So maybe there's a reason I only have one view. But Sting is dead. I don't know if that's the case. But, <laughs> but I don't even remember where I was going with this. Ah, but... In the future, since I've booked all the way to WrestleMania, and it's not been released yet, but Dolph Ziggler has already turned heel, and I do want him to be a Ravishing Rick Rude-esque type character. Dazzling Dolph. It's got a D and a Z in there. Dazzling Dolph Ziggler. He can airbrush people on his pants all he wants. I have him. I'll give you a sneak preview here, Neighborhood and Doc Manson. Uh, I have him forming a tag team with one Tyler Breeze from NXT. The two of them form. Oh a man, I was about to say when you said he was going to take on a Rick Rude type gimmick. Well, there goes Tyler Breeze ever making it to the main roster. Nope, I have Tyler Breeze coming up, impressing Dolph Ziggler. The two of them uh, become a tag team and are involved in the tag title scene at WrestleMania. But I, I do think this would be good. The matches would be good. I don't necessarily know that that's what's going to happen, but. Either way, no matter how you slice it, John Cena being off television is not the end of the world. They've got nope. things going on. You've got Kane with his Jekyll and Hyde, which is just getting better each and every time. Except after what happened last week, I'm kind of thinking he might just be Hyde from now on. Well, again, on SmackDown, you missed it. I did. He, he came out on crutches, selling the injury from... I like it. I like it. For, you know, and so I guess he was going to, uh, Rollins was going to be in it. It was going to be Rollins and somebody versus somebody else and Kane. And so, and Kane was saying, I don't know what you're talking about. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. And Rollins says, fine, I'll be in this match, but you have to sit at ringside and watch to prove that you're not the demon Kane. So he sits there and then, of course, gets knocked out and gets taken to the back and then the demon shows up. And it's just, but. I, I do think they're going with it. They're going with this Jekyll and Hyde thing, and they should because it's the best thing. It is the best thing on WWE yes. television right now. I mean that. It's better than the New Day. It is the best thing on wrestling right now, and that's Kane in 2015. Yes, Doc Manson said it, folks. Kane is the best thing on WWE television in 2015. Right I, would, I would put them on par with New Day. What Kane's doing right now, I would put on par. The thing that I like about Kane is it's um, thematically consistent. He is attempting to come across as a more face-like character, even though I know the demon is a demon, whatever. But he has the sympathy, empathy of the audience. The audience is supposed to be rooting for him, so he is in the protagonist or face position. So the fact that I'm responding positively to him, I think, again, is thematically consistent, which is why I put it above what the New Day is doing. And we can talk about that a little more in our segment that's going to happen a little later on tonight. Well, let's let it happen now then, because we've talked about we've talked about New Day. Would you wear a Lost in the Woods shirt if one was available on WWEshop.com? 
Uh, no. Do you own any pro wrestling merchandise? I think I probably own some wrestling shirts. I don't think I bought them for myself, however, and I don't think I would ever buy another one again. Do you have a Cactus Jack shirt? I don't. I wish I did. Do you have any Mick Foley shirts? Mm, Mick Foley. I don't think so. There you go. There's your Christmas shopping there, friends. You want to buy Doc Manson a gift, send it to Doc Manson, care of the Neighborhood Podcast. Uh, he's a... We'll have to get a P.O. box. We'll... <laughs> We will have to get a P.O. box. All right. Uh, the big thing we wanted to talk about, and I don't know. Oh, before I get one, one thing before we go. There. Oh, dear God. I know. I'm sorry. I always do this to you. Uh, you have these good segues all, you know, built up. And I even actually kind of served that one up you. To did, you did. You did. It was perfect. And I, I know it was. <laughs> and I'm going to ruin it because that's what I do. Hashtag blame doc. Yeah. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about Raw because, and I mean, I think this sort of feeds into maybe what we're about to talk about, but everybody on Twitter was very down on Raw this week. And I just wanted to say, I thought that was a pretty good show. I loved uh, it. I thought I it was, was excellent. I, I, was, I didn't have too much to complain about. And you know, one of the things in particular that I saw a lot of people raging about in the heat of the moment was when Team PCB was having their match, I think, against uh, the Bellas. Yep. People were just like, oh, God. This doesn't make any sense. Why would Paige team with them? I thought that they were against each other, and now suddenly this, that, 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 that creative is dumb. Why would they do this dumb, 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 dumb? And I was just, like, sitting back for a second and saying, I think I even tweeted this to someone, is, hey, ho, hey, sit back, enjoy the ride. You have no idea where this is going. Just because a match was made with Paige on their team doesn't mean that Paige is going to be supportive. And sure enough, end of the match, what happens? Paige gets down off the apron, she walks away, Natty comes out, and Paige, you know, basically assaults Natalia and uh, and furthers the storyline. Creative knew exactly what they were doing, and the problem with Twitter is it's instantaneous, and too many people like to think they know Everything. So they just get out there and they say the first thing that comes to mind because, ah, creative this, poop, 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 right on top of them. But it's just, just take a step back, breathe for a moment, see what they're trying to do. The story that they actually told right there was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. It made perfect logical sense. Paige did exactly what she should have done given her character advancements. I don't just need to give a story some time to play out. And, and mind you, that match was probably only five minutes, ten minutes long at the most. You can't... Do you need immediate satisfaction, gratification this, this day, where you can't even just entertain something to see where it's going to go over the course of five minutes? Because, I mean, you say you're a fan of the product, but if you're not willing to give them the benefit of the doubt for just five minutes to see where it's going? <laughs> Reevaluate your choices, people. The IWC, the internet wrestling community, is very much like the Rolling Stones because they can't get no satisfaction. But let me let me tell you the perfect degree. This is a, a good example, I think, of the roller coaster that is being a wrestling fan in 2015 in the instantaneous world of social media. Chris Jericho is revealed to be the mystery partner at Night of Champions, and for the most part, everyone is down on it. There are a couple of people who like Chris Jericho enough to think it's fine, but everyone is down on it. Until the end, when we start to see that he's about to turn heel, and then people are like, oh, this is exciting. He's We're going to see Jericho and Ambrose, and it's going to be great, great, great. So we were down, then we were up, and then, and we talked about it, because it doesn't make any logical sense, Chris Jericho doesn't appear on Raw. 
and we're down on it again. Where was he? What's the whole point? Now, Chris Jericho's wrestling Kevin Owens tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden. Are they going to address any of this? Maybe Dean Ambrose comes out. That would be a great way to put Dean Ambrose in the Intercontinental title picture. Dean Ambrose comes out and, you know... That, yeah, sure. They further the story that way. I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm probably just being the new, it's my new hashtag, the hashtag irrational idealist. But I mean, it's they do spend a lot of time, you know, suggesting stories that they completely abandon without another mention. So I understand why people are skeptical. And I mean, the Jericho thing, I think maybe we're right to be skeptical because, I mean, they didn't follow up with it the next night. Again, their track record of actually going back to stories is poor. For them to say maybe they'll go back to it in a month, okay, yeah, maybe they will. But the, the, what they do is so fleeting on a minute-to-minute, show-to-show basis. I have no real faith that they're actually going to plan something a month out and return to it. You know what I mean? But five minutes within the show itself, I think you probably should sometimes just take a step back, breathe a little, I, see where it's going to go. I, Night of Champions was the first time that I did not tweet during most of the matches. Usually mm-hmm. I try to keep up go because I'm trying to get to a 1,000 followers. Uh, so I try to keep going the whole time. This time I actually put the computer down and watched the match. And I have to tell you, I enjoyed Night of Champions a great deal because of that. Because yeah. it's not all of those instantaneous reactions. Now, I mean, I will say I was down on the choice of Jericho and I did, you know, I don't want people coming out here and say, oh, Doc, you're a hypocrite. Jericho came out and you're not a champion, and you were immediately all over it. That is being the wrong choice. But I was all over it for being the wrong choice because it made no logical sense. We talked about this, about how they were building up this story partner as somebody who could match Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Jericho just doesn't fill that role. Not that all. was why I was down on him, not because it was Jericho, no, but because I'm... it didn't fulfill the story they were telling. I was exactly the same way, you know. Jericho's a fine person. If he had come out for anybody else, it would, you know, even if Eric Rowan had been the third member yeah, of the Wyatt family, that Jericho would have made, made total sense. But you've got a beast, this six foot eight giant of a man. And not only do you bring out a 40 something year old Chris Jericho, but he's five. If you want to and... bring out Chris Jericho, what you do is you, the, as you're telling the story, you don't make the story about how Braun is this giant beast and you need somebody to counteract that. What you do is you say, oh, Roman Reigns is a big guy. He can neutralize Braun Strowman. However, they've got the numbers game to their advantage. We need a partner to come in to help us deal with the numbers. And as long as we've got that, Roman can handle Braun. That's a good story that fits with Chris Jericho coming out to that partner. That is not the story they told. No, you're right. So, make a production for me. Chris Jericho comes out tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden. Will he be a face or a heel in terms of his interactions with the crowd? I have no idea. Probably a face, but as he proved in his last run in the WWE, he's a face even when he doesn't want to be. I mean... He became a heel by not talking for a month and a half. And even then, he wasn't really a heel. Which brings us to the main topic of our show. Yes, it does. Says DC Matthews 50 minutes in. 
I would like to actually go back to another thing real quickly, something I didn't get to mention before. Sorry, I know we had a great segue built up here, but... Are you serious right now? <laughs> no, I am not okay. serious at all. DC, bring us home. Let's go to the main event. I was going to throw the iPad with which I am looking at you across the room if you were going to... Cause... It brings me glee to see that look on your face. That's I was, why I do these things. I was so happy with the segue. Let's talk about the heel and the art of the heel. And we'll we'll touch on the the art of the babyface here as well because who is the biggest heel in terms of storyline in WWE right now? Seth Rollins. I would say. Would you agree? Um sure. You know, he's the world champion. I had to think he about is, that for a minute. In my I mean, in terms of the hierarchy, yeah, he is the heel, the supposed heel at the top. But of... that's that's what I'm saying, the supposed heel. Because yeah. I, I made sure to be very uh, precise with when I said, in terms of Chris Jericho's interaction with the crowd, mm-hmm. will he be a heel or a face? You and I have had multiple conversations. People on Twitter have had multiple conversations. And while I have no preconceived notions outside of what I originally thought the actual whether or not someone is an actual heel or an actual face is for many cases in WWE something that is quite nebulous as we see because Big Show uh, I don't know what what part is he playing against Brock Lesnar who's the face and who's the heel in that matchup Big Show's turned so many times I can't keep track of where he was is he I would say Big Show is very is clearly the heel um, I know that Brock Lesnar is kind of put across as a heelish sort of beast, but the bottom line is people love Brock Lesnar. They're there to see him destroy. So the other guy is the heel. And But but again, so Brock Lesnar is a babyface because we like him, but he's not acting like it. Like he's not the John Cena type babyface or the Ryback type babyface that you and I have talked about before, where he's making wishes and he's doing, you know. No. He showed up on SportsCenter and he played a, you know, ticket taker, and that was entertaining. But but guess what? Whether you're a heel or a face, kind of gets decided by the crowd. And it, does it though? Are, to some degree, and he is cheered as a face. You can tell me all day long, oh, he's not really acting like a face, but that's just one kind of face that he's not acting like. He's still, you know, he's the guy you're rooting for. I think that makes him the face. You, I mean, you can be an anti-hero. You don't have. I mean, Stone Cold, right? I mean, but he was a face. Mm-hmm. So, then, let's have this conversation because, you know, we've talked about who the actual heels are, and I want to get to that part at the end, but what is it that makes a heel a heel? Because you've got what they call X-Pac heat, the wrestlers that you just want to go away. You know, a lot of people thought, you know, Jack Swagger might be a guy with X-Pac heat. You just wanted him to go away. The big show we're talking about right now. People are chanting, please retire. And I think part of that's just the nature of crowds these days is they just chant because they think it's fun. But people want the big show to go away. They're not booing him because he's doing bad things. They're not booing him because they, you know, they dislike him. They're booing him because he's old and they want him to leave. I'm not sure that is why people are booing him. I think people are booing him because they don't find him. I think the majority of people are booing him because he acts like a heel. 
And I think that part of our conversation is going to come down to what I'm going to call the smart bias. Okay, There's a very vocal minority, the internet wrestling community. We're a minority. Sorry to tell you guys. But that's the reason why the WWE doesn't respond to our every whim. It's because we're a vocal minority. The majority, the mainstream audience, for the most part, just does exactly whatever the WWE tells them to think. And so we're going to have difficulty parsing our own personal feelings versus what's actually being represented in the product because we are part of that vocal minority. Do you follow me? I do. I do. So, so again, because, big show. because we, we think about it a little too much, the average fan who, whether or not they're watching, although I do want to bring up, I was going to bring this up before, and we're, we're staying on topic here, but we were discussing the ratings. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about how, you know, I think we need to broaden our scope about the ratings. I saw something online that I think WWE has possibly the most active and watched or subscribed to YouTube channel in the world. And I think that goes right back to what you were saying where, you know, we need to, you know, so yes, so the ratings for cable, an antiquated entity in and of itself, are low. We have to look at the whole picture. Correct. Network the metrics of television don't matter anymore. It matters somewhere else. Yes. They've and they have changed their business model to accommodate that. And yes. I, they the have. smart the smarks out there can believe whatever they want. Ratings don't matter. No. And they absolutely don't. But I think what you were saying, the average fan who goes onto YouTube is watching this purely for entertainment. When it's done, they put the computer down or the phone down and they walk away and they probably don't give a whole lot of thought to what they saw. They just appreciate it, enjoy it, move on. The Smarks, as you would say, the IWC, as I might say, the neighborhood who I like to think of as a fairly well, no, elite class of Smarks. Right, and that's the thing, though. Like, I think there's a difference between the Smark attitude and, you know, I would consider us part of the IWC, absolutely. And there is certainly an informed opinion to be had there. I don't want to just be dismissive and say we're all a bunch of Smarks. I think there, but but there are some people out there who I think just think they know better and they're not really thinking it through. They just don't like it because it's not what they immediately have their reaction of. You know what I mean? Well, that, and this is my this is my biggest problem with it. You know, the the internet world is huge. The Twitterverse is huge. The IWC is huge. If you see all of the different people coming up with all of the different possibilities, of course you're going to find a better one than what you saw on TV. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. You, you've got the combined mind of every wrestling fan and all of their experiences. They're going to wind up, quote unquote, booking better than what you see on TV. So you wind up disappointed because you're like, oh, it wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. Dylan Miley, who's this guy that we saw one picture of. And while I would have loved to see him at Night of Champions, you know, Chris Jericho was a disappointment in comparison to him. But nobody out there said anything about him being a potential candidate except I remembered seeing the picture and lots of other people saw the picture and thought, oh, maybe he'd be good. But that was all on us coming yeah, up absolutely. with it. We fostered our own disappointment. You sure did. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Now. But, I mean, so can I bring this thing back into the heel talk here? Sure. The thing that I want to kind of get your opinion on, and you sort of said, you know, the art of being a heel or whatever. I want to actually talk about, before we talk about specifics, what does it mean to be a heel in professional wrestling today. And I and I mean me personally, I'm going to say that, you know, 
I want to classify this era of wrestling. I'm going to call it the reality era. Okay, oh, we've that's definitely what it is. We've got total divas going on in the background, which is now feeding stories to Raw. It has been for a long time. They see things go back and forth on those shows all the time. And you've got this highly active internet wrestling community who feels like they're really behind the scenes, just like you would be, you know, on any sort of reality television documentary showing you sort of the inner workings of how things are working. And... What does it mean to be a heel in this environment where information is just freely dispersed, you know, at the speed of thought, essentially, throughout the entire world? How do you actually become an effective heel? Back in the 80s, people wanted to stab, you know, Sergeant Slaughter when he turned over to be a... uh, 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 the, the Iraqi sympathizer, right? Yes. And I, I mean, Rowdy Roddy Piper, same sort of thing. He needed actual physical security in the early 80s. And that was a pretty common thing because, I mean, it was a different time. People thought the product was real. They thought these people really were the characters they were portraying, right? Mm-hmm. That's not the case anymore. We know that these people aren't those characters. So how do you generate heel heat anymore? How? Before I answer that question, and because I know some smark or some member of the neighborhood who likes being right is going to tell us, I know it's the 90s. That was in the Sergeant Slaughter turned in like 1990, oh, yeah, of course. But, of course it was. But yeah. regardless. But, yeah, you're absolutely I mean, right. There was a very famous fan called Hat Pin Mary. And she was a wrestling fan, I think, even before this. This is like the gorgeous George era. So we're talking, you know, middle middle to early 20th century and she was renowned because she brought hat pins and would try to stab people if they got to you know she would try to stab the heels so I do think you raise a very interesting question what does it mean to be a heel in the social media how do you actually be a heel now that people know that this is all fake and I think the way that you do it this is just you know Doc Manson talking here but I think the way that you do it is by picking out different qualities that legitimately you know frustrate people qualities that legitimately cause a negative reaction guess what the big show going out there and putting on boring matches to the point that you guys are saying retire chanting it at him guess what that's an effective negative reaction that he is eliciting from the audience doesn't that make him, in this modern era, an effective heel? Yes. And Although I know I you would brought take... up the thing about X-Pac. I know you brought that no, up before. And no, and, and I'm but not maybe bringing that that's... up because, because I actually don't think he's putting on boring matches. I would take issue with the fact that he's putting on, you know, I'm, I'm nitpicking here and saying mm-hmm. the Big Show is putting on some excellent matches and doing things that you shouldn't expect a guy his size at his age to be able to do. The climbing to the second rope, albeit slowly, and trying to do a somersault senton is something that somebody who wants to put on a boring match shouldn't do. But I do think that, you know, we've seen a a new thing where they're getting on the mic and addressing the chanting crowds. Big Show getting on the mic and saying, you want me to retire, find someone to retire me. That is not something that always happens. Seamus getting on the mic and saying, I don't look stupid, is not something that used to happen. So I think that's part of it. I think... 
they have to do the annoying things, and we'll talk about who we think the you know the true heels are and and all of that. There's a guy I'm thinking of right now who goes out of his way to be the incredibly annoying type of person. He 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 lives for being that guy that if you saw him on the street, you would either mock him mercilessly or literally trip him just to watch him fall down. Is so, this guy pretty awesome? He is. Awesome. And I think I have to, you know, come out and support here. The Miz is doing wonderful things as a heel in the WWE. Mm-hmm. He is the most irritating person just looking at that stupid shawl thing that he wears. The infinity scarf, I think he called it. Yes. Uh, I mean, it just you just want to slap it off his head. But see, this is the problem. He is so good at it that now... People and I, you know, I won't say I started this, but one of the first things I wrote for NewAgeInsiders.com was an appreciation of the Miz. People are now almost enjoying him because he is so good. He is the person you love to hate. He walks out. I don't. Well, go, I don't think so. I think if anything, the majority of folks claim that he's so boring that they want to turn the television off, and I don't think that's the case. Are we talking think, about the Big Show or Miz right now? The Miz. The Miz. Okay. Uh, we were getting this on Twitter. I think we talked a little bit about it on Monday night during Raw. People were saying, oh, he's got that bad sort of X-Pac heat where I just want to turn the channel off. No, but the thing is you don't turn the channel off. He's doing his job. He makes it so that you dislike him so intently that you don't want to watch the product. Now, but you don't actually turn off the product. At least most people don't. And I actually think that means he's doing an incredible job as a heel in the reality era. You're not going to get these guys that are you think are these legitimate badasses anymore. I think this is one of the only ways for a heel to get a negative reaction. It's one of the few negative reactions you can get from a crowd legitimately today. Mm-hmm. And I think he does a great job of doing it. Yeah. And and I've never understood why people say he has X-Pac heat. Why he is so amazing in this role you know it's like when you watch and i know people will disagree with me when you watch a movie and there's a great villain and you just have to take a step back and he's not the i'm not even talking about the cool villain i'm talking about the guy where you just have to take a step back and go wow this person is doing a really good job at being a bad guy you yep. know and he's he is the living embodiment of the reality era is mike mizanin or mizanin or however you pronounce yeah, his the, real the, name i i don't actually find him that entertaining which i think is what a lot of people sort of harp on is that he's not entertaining they make me want to turn off the product he's not a, but he's still very good at eliciting a response mm-hmm. from me and i think that's really is what a heel is today Yes, and and he's not a great wrestler, but when he was having that Ryback Big Show Miz feud, he was setting the stage. He was the star of that. In many he was ways. doing all the right because things to make you hate him. Just just the standing in between these two, one muscular guy, one literal giant, and looking back and forth between the two, and then trying to slowly like that was what made that feud really entertaining was he watching played it perfectly this, was, was watching this guy who goes out of his way to be so irritating and can't back it up right you know correct and he can't back it up and that's the, part of the character kevin owens to transition here 
can back it up, which makes it some people have a problem with that. I've seen it online. They have a problem with the fact that he does the roll out of the ring, walk up the ramp, you know, he's, you know, being the prize fighter. I personally don't have a problem with it. No but, problem with that whatsoever here. But either. they're like, they're like, this is a guy that should be wanting to fight all the time. He should just be out there looking for a fight. And I'm like, that's not a heel. No. If and he was coming fact, out looking for a fight all the time, that's Steve Austin as the babyface. The fact that you want him out there fighting all the time and he's denying it actually makes him a better heel. So is that what it is? Is it denying the crowd what they want? Is that what makes him a heel? Because Kev, you're absolutely right. Kevin Owens rolling out of the ring, despite, you know, I'm an amazing wrestler and I know I'm, a, I'm an amazing wrestler and I'm not going to put on a show for you right now. That's a heel move. That's totally a heel move. Although I will say, if you had, if you asked me, Doc, what's on your who is who is on your short list of heels who are not heels? Kevin Owens is on my list, but that might be because of my quote bias. unquote smart bias. Yes, um, I do feel like he's doing all the things that he should be doing as a heel, and maybe that is translating over to the mainstream. I don't know. I can't comment on it. But to me, when he rolls out of that ring, I love it. It just mm-hmm. he's playing his character so well into a T. I just I I love everything that he does. So he's not a heel to me. He's failing in my eyes to actually be a heel, which is why I say he's on my short list of not a heel. Even though he's doing all the right things, I just know too much about the game. I know too much about how he's structuring things, and I'm admiring his craft too much to actually dislike him. Now, that said, one thing that keeps me checking myself before I wiggity-whack wreck myself you had a is carry moment right there. Mrs. Manson. She does not like Kevin Owens. She thinks that he is boring. She doesn't understand why this guy will just roll out of the ring. Okay, I'm tired of it. I get the shtick. Why are you doing it? What are you doing? Why don't you just get in there and do something? You're a big guy. Why don't you get in there and defend you that thing? That is perfect, right? That's exactly what the mainstream audience is supposed to say to Kevin Owens. He's So maybe he is a great heel. And maybe I, my bias is showing. I, I don't know. I always use this... This whole, if we could pull, you know, if we could go to Madison Square Garden, maybe Madison Square Garden, if we could have gone to Buffalo Monday, and I don't want to talk about the crowd because a lot of people did that and whatever, the crowd wasn't great, that's fine. But if we could have gone to Buffalo and we could have grabbed a hundred random fans from the audience and we could have shown them pictures of these guys and said, good guy, bad guy, like him, don't like him, I think most of them would have been like Mrs. Manson. And I'm going to start using her as my litmus test here for all of these kinds of things because I do think that he irritates people. And people are already saying, I'm so bored with Kevin Owens. And that makes my head explode that someone would be bored with Kevin Owens, who has more charisma than most of the guys on that roster that you could possibly be bored with him. But they get tired of that rolling out of the ring thing. But again, that's exactly what he's supposed to do. The second he gets in the ring and fights, he's no longer a heel because you can't hate someone that good. He has to not wrestle to be disliked. You have to deny the crowd what they want to see. And he does a fantastic job of that. So now, enough, now, now, sorry. No, Did go you for have it. another salient point? Because I was going to maybe switch gears just a little. No, bit. we were going to. I was. We were going to play the game that I wrote a column about months ago called "Heal or Not Heal." Okay, well, that's kind of so, where I was going here, talking about Doc's short list of heal not heal. Um, 
The next one on my list, not a heel, The New Day. Oh, absolutely. They're That's my question. problem with The New Day. I finally identified my problem with The New Day. My problem with The New Day is I love The New Day. Yes. They're incredibly entertaining, and I love everything that they do. They are not heels. Not in any no. sense of the damn word. They were heels when they first started, and they weren't being funny. And again... My conspiracy theory, and I know people have said, well, Vince didn't think this... Vince really thought the original gospel gimmick was going to work. I think that's a liar, liar, pants on fire situation. I think this was an intended the entire time was they were going to have the dumbest gimmick in the world preaching actual positivity, and when it didn't work, they would be able to morph into this three-man greatness that we currently see. They are absolute... They are... And again, I don't know what Mrs. Manson thinks of them, but I think they are the probably the most popular parts of Raw. Besides maybe Kane now, they're the most popular parts of Raw. But let me ask you, because I do want to use her as the litmus test. What does Mrs. Manson think of the New Day? Um, and you can ask her later if she, you know, you're not sure. Yeah, right I'm now. really, I'm actually not sure. I don't think she's really expressed much of an opinion on them. I think she thinks that, uh, you know, when. Xavier Woods comes out like he came out with the uh, Rufio uh, outfit on. That was amazing. She didn't recognize it was Rufio. She just said, what the heck is wrong with his hair? I mean, so, I mean, I know. I'm sorry, she's our age. How do you not recognize Rufio when he's staring at you in the face? I'm not, I'm not sure she's seen Hook. I, I have no idea. <sighs> Can I'm you not count sure. that as a horror movie. Dustin Hoffman was pretty scary. The Boo Box, that's a whole scary thing. I love that movie, to be honest that's with you. That's a great, but, great film. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I don't think she's really that thrilled with them. So maybe maybe they're being good but, heels uh, after all. And again, it, it it's total bias of you know, and and whether or not what what terms we classify ourselves are probably aren't that important. But no, they had a seventeen minute unedited exclusive interview out of WWE.com, and I didn't watch all seventeen minutes of it, but I watched almost all seventeen minutes of it, and it was gold from beginning to end, and it was just the three of them riffing on all sorts of stuff. Um, all right, so here's the game. Heal, not heal. Figure out how you're going to circumvent me this time, Doc Manson. I'm going to name a talent, and you tell me heal, if they actually are a heel, or not heal. So we've established Miz is a heel, as as much as we're going to get, right? Um, I want to slap that Infinity Scarf off his head, so I'll let you conclude what you will. Okay, so Miz, heel. Kevin Owens, to you, not heel. To me, not heel. New Day, to you, not heel. Not heel. Seth Rollins. That trombone is so incredibly entertaining. Somebody tweeted that they were bored of the trombone, and I wanted to find out where they lived and punch them in the The face. The trombone is more over than most guys on that roster. I think the trombone may be more over than the entirety of New Day together. I would like to see the trombone answer the United States Open Challenge. Yes, and yes. yes. And I apologize. I think it was Brandon. Not Brandon McIntyre. A different Brandon. I believe he's from Iowa. I apologize. I didn't actually want to go punch you in the face, but I just don't understand how you can find the trombone boring. So please, don't, fair leave, enough, fair please enough. don't leave the neighborhood. All right. Seth Rollins, heel or not heel? Um, um, uh, uh, I think. Would you like me to answer first while you I think, think about it? Yeah, go ahead. Not heel. Okay. Seth Rollins is not a heel because... His matches are too good. Exactly. 
Yeah, anytime he gets in the ring, and he's entertaining, but he can be entertaining in an annoying you know, way. You know, you know, you know how what else he, he do? I'm sorry, it's got out of tangent here, but we talk about denying the crowd, right? I talked about trying to find gimmicks or little, little just a niche that you can exploit to to make the crowd mad at you. What do you think that Triple H did for a long, long time when he was wrestling? Oh, he just he's only in the position that he's in because he married the boss's daughter. Or how about Randy Orton every time that he's a heel now? we I hate Randy Orton because he's only there because he's Triple H's buddy and has been for a long time. Like, that's... if I think Randy Orton is actually pretty boring. They don't ever do anything with him. But if they just came out on Raw and said... They were turning him heel and they said, Yeah, the only reason why I'm here is because I'm Triple H's buddy. Like... I think everyone in the internet wrestling community would respond to that the way that WWE wants you to respond to that. You would think of him as a heel. Like, that is a niche that you could exploit to be an effective heel. And it, given that we're in the reality era, you're, you're riffing off of reality. This is a character trait that's actually true. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're going to invest and believe in it. Hashtag embrace the hate. Roman Reigns, while he's not going to turn heel, would be an amazing heel if he was the guy. If, if Vince McMahon or Triple H and Stephanie came out and said, we were just kidding about Rollins. See this guy right here? He's the guy. He's the next John Cena. If they just admitted it, because that's obviously what's happening, if they just said he's the guy, and then, and this is my own fantasy booking, not part of the YouTube series, but just in my own head, if they brought up Eva Marie and pointed to her and said, this is the girl, that's the guy, Yes, this is the girl, they're going to be the face of this company and that's for why the next I, five years, whether you like it or not. When I started this conversation, you questioned me, but I said that the crowd decides if you're a heel or a face. And that's exactly my point. We've already decided about these people, and if they just, as you said, embrace the hate, embraced the reaction the crowd is giving them, you would have such incredibly more effective characters on your show. Roman Reigns, Eva Marie would be fantastic heels if all you did was bring them out there and say they're the future of the business. That would make them as heels overnight. Oh, absolutely. And then, and then, but see, and then they would make them heels overnight, but then people could stop complaining and then be like, okay, he's the, you know. No, then people would complain. They'd say, oh my God, I can't believe they're on the television again. I'm going to turn this off. Then they won't turn it off because they never do. No. You know what I mean? No. But going back to Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins is not a heel because his matches are too good. We saw it at Night of Champions. At one point, he stood in the middle of the ring, looked out at the crowd, smiled, pointed at them, and as he moved his finger, they did the wave. Sure did. He was he owned that crowd, and when you can own a crowd like that, you're not really a heel. Yep. So, all right, so Seth Rollins, not a heel. Kevin Owens, not really a heel. New Day, not really a heel. Uh, let's see. Well, Kane's obviously not really a heel. Rusev. He's a face. Rusev. Uh, heel or not heel? I mean, he's a pretty effective heel. He's playing his role well, and I don't think anybody really likes him. Uh, so I guess he's a very effective heel. Does there have to be some level of caring? Like, I'm not going to mention Adam Rose or Jack Swagger. Does there have to be some level of, like, a fan has to be at least somewhat interested in you to care? You have to be invested in the person to some degree. 
Yes. And I and the thing with Rusev is I think this is where it's throwing me off is I don't think many people are very invested in Rusev and the storyline that he's currently involved in is not helping at all. Nobody is invested in the Summer Rae thing going on with Dolph Ziggler. But we're going to see it tomorrow at Madison Square Garden. Nobody's invested in it. Rusev is, you know, I mean, for the foreigner heel, he's doing everything that he can. Again, I don't think he's ever going to break out and be the world heavyweight champion with the character exactly as it is. Uh, But yeah, I struggle to say that he's an effective heel because I don't think the investment's there. He is doing everything right, though. Uh, I'll give him that. Yeah, I. This is going. This would be a place for us to tie into what I want to talk about probably on our next show, which mm. is talking about some of these guys. And regardless of whether or not they're heels, I want to know if it's too late for Rusev. I want to know if he can actually, if he really has a shot of being a bona fide main event guy. And I don't want to have this conversation now. We'll have it next time because we're coming up on the hour and a half mark. And I think you and I decided that's probably as long as we can go while still keeping the show zippy and fresh. Um, We'll do what we can. We do. All right. But I do think Rusev is a heel. I I think people are getting tired of it, which Mm -hmm. is a problem. And I also think when he was sad, Rusev, with the crutches and things, people were starting to like him. That was great. And, And... I think they could have taken advantage of that and done some really creative things with it, but that's a question for another day. Stardust, heel or not heel? Hmm. He's one of the ones whom is very entertaining, but I still think he might be an effective heel. I I definitely... there's There's no part of me... That thinks of him as a face. Mm-hmm. Even though he is entertaining and I do enjoy his in-ring work. I think as long as he's ignoring the fact that he's Cody Rhodes, he's a heel. I think, yeah, yeah. He's denying people what they want. Because they're all like, come on. You know, like he shows up and he's got the sleeveless thing and you're like, it's him. He's going to be Cody. And then it's just like, it doesn't happen. Well, here's a question for you then. Heel, not heel. Page. After the turn... Not heel. She not was heel. heel. No. That promo was as Truth. much a CM Punk... I mean, we're not going to call it the, the P word, but mm-hmm. that that promo was exactly what all of us felt. So in that moment, she became the most popular diva in the division at that point. They could run with this and actually turn Charlotte heel, and it would be incredibly interesting if they went correct. that way. But, no, she's not a heel. I think the only... and. Sasha Banks, heel or not heel? I mean, if we're just talking about main roster, no opinion. Because they haven't given you an opportunity to care about Sasha Banks yet. She's just completely lost in the shuffle. In NXT, she's a heel. That's true. Yeah, sure. But I mean, on main roster, zero opinion. No, that's true. All right, any last ones? I was was hoping we'd end on a big... Oh, here we go. Here's a big one. All right. I think I've got one that's going to make you happy. Sure, go for it. Bo Dallas. Not heel. Not heel? Oh, he's totally a heel. I can't stand watching that guy. Here's the problem. There are certain people whom I cannot remove my bias, whether it's a smart bias or not, and that's him. Like, he comes out, and I'm like, he's everything I want. And now maybe that's it. He, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll say heel in the same sense as The Miz. I really enjoy what he's doing. All right, I got two more for you. Okay. Bray Wyatt, heel or not heel? I think he's a pretty good heel, uh, if only because, this is my bias probably showing, as I told you earlier, he never says anything, 
that comes to a salient point, and it drives me freaking crazy. So I want to, you know, slap that beard off his so face. So he's, he's denying you what you want, which is he's logic and reason? Me. Yes. Yes, he is. And, I mean, obviously this character is very strongly uh, painted as a bad guy. So, I mean, it's all thematically consistent for Bray Wyatt. Last one. John Cena. <laughs> heel or not heel? Uh, not not heel. Not at all. Not even close. No matter what you guys might want to believe. But he's denying us, and again, this is he's probably... He's not denying me anything. I like John Cena. He's fine the way he is. You're happy with him being the exact same character he's been for the last ten years? Is it stale? Sure. Am I happy with it? Maybe not. But you know what? I see the role that he's playing... I think the time for turning him heel passed. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like he's denying me anything anymore. I've kind of just come to terms with this is what John Cena is. I'm fine with it. Okay. Well, and I think his character, the U.S. Open Challenge, I think, gave him a great. chance to change. You know, he's now admitting, and which is a, you know, the phrase to be, I'm the face that runs the place, is a heel thing to say. Yeah. You know. He's, he's got, and I think this is as much as we're going to get from him, but being the U.S. champion and being like, I'm the man and I know that I'm the man, come and try to beat the man, I think is a very interesting wrinkle into the John Cena character. So I would agree. I don't think he's a heel, but I think that... It could lead places. You're right. That's a very heelish thing to say, and it certainly could lead places. But I think his time is not now. I think it was in the past. So I think the time for that heel. Oh no, I, I, I don't think the I don't think the heel change is happening. But I think he's he's showing some depth to his character that we don't normally see behind the towel and the cocoa pebble, the fruity pebbles shirts or whatever. Yeah. All right. So now that we've had this conversation, we can take it to Twitter. When you hear this, hopefully we're gonna we're gonna start. I think hopefully I'll have to have a. Mr. Maltov and Mr. Stryker back me up on this. I believe we are moving since the New Age Insiders NAI pod moved from Wednesday nights to Tuesday nights. I believe we're going to try to move the Neighborhood podcast to Saturdays. So hopefully we'll have a Saturday release date, uh, which will make things interesting, to say the least. But Mm -hmm. we'll now take this conversation to Twitter. We want to know what makes a good heel, who are the best heels, and, you know, uh, just very quickly... Who's the biggest heel in NXT? Right off the top of your head. Who's the biggest heel in NXT? I have my answer. In NXT? Yes. I haven't watched NXT in like a month and a half. Okay. However long the tag team tournament's going on, so... um... Okay. We've already mentioned this person... (sighs) Yeah. ...in our discussion is the biggest heel in NXT. It's Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks uh, is the biggest heel in NXT. There's nobody else. The only other person... She's not is... really in NXT is the only problem I have with that answer. Well, once I know get... she's going to be there at the next take. Once you get beyond that, we're talking Tyler Breeze is the biggest heel, which is saying something. Or Baron Corbin, and I don't even know if you can qualify him. But Finn Balor's a face. Samoa Joe's a face. That's Tyler it. Breeze might be the answer. There's a reason they're having a tag team tournament. because their singles division stinks. Yep, you're right. So, 100%. All right. We're going to be wrapping up. Final thoughts. Oh, you watched Halloween Havoc 1990. Do you want to talk I about did. that now, or do you want to save that for next week? Let's save it for next week. All right. We'll have that conversation next week. Maybe we'll watch 91, which features, I believe, the Chamber of Horrors match. We're going to devote some time to that. All right. Homework. Let's see. 
Share the Neighborhood Podcast with a friend. Review us on the NAI. Mention that you listen to the Neighborhood Podcast. Uh, share any ideas you have for new names. Yeah, but seriously, guys. I, I just want to. I just want DC. You're doing a great job right there. But I just want to say it again, guys. Go. I don't know where you get your podcasts. If it's iTunes, go to iTunes. If it's Google Play, go to Google Play. If it's Stitcher, go to Stitcher. Wherever it is, you get your podcast. It has the ability to go on there to set up a review. Go to the feed for the NAI, the New Age Insiders. Leave a review. It's only going to take you what a minute of your time, two minutes of your time. Get on there. And get us into the algorithms. You put a star on us, and it puts us into the feed. It gets the podcast out there. It gets us more listeners, which means the show only gets that much better. So do yourself a favor. Get out there. Promote the show for us. Help and we are me, going to reward you. Help me help you. 100%. I, I get my podcast on Glurk Norble. I have... That's uh, it. You got to listen to NAI Pod. That's an inside joke. That's what they'd mention as their podcast place. Glor- I see. Glork Norble. All right. So please send us a review. Please tell people that you listen to our show and that you like what Doc and I are doing. Um, if you have any ideas for names for our podcast, play Do around. Do we have an email address? Can we, like, get, like, I mean, we got Twitter to, you know, talk to people, but, like, if during the week, if somebody says, oh, man, I really had this great idea, and I really want to expound upon it, instead if you would, of just I 140 have... characters, you know, maybe be able to give us a paragraph of something, that, you know, to really, like, you know, get a point across. That's your homework for the week, Doc. Get us a, because I have the old, the two contenders email address, which is back when we were the number two contenders, but mm. I think you need to come up with a, a an email address for us. So, you're going to take you, care you of don't that. Have a, you don't have a... Okay, yeah, okay. I have okay. dcmatthewsnai at gmail.com. That can work for now, but I think okay. for the podcast, I think we could go on. So, if you want to send us an email, dcmatthewsnai at gmail.com. Although, the fact that Twitter doesn't allow... There's no character limit on messages now. Like the direct messages. Oh, that's true. So they can send it to us there. But still, if you want to send us an email, feel free. We'll write back. So, Or we'll read it on the show. There you go. I we think that's will, even we'll better. A, we can read them on the show. You want to have a mailbag section? We can have a 100%. mailbag section. All right. We'll look into that. So Thanks, I'm, readers. All right. So we're going to get a mailbag section. We want your input on how we can make the show better. We're going to watch Halloween Havoc. We want to hear your thoughts on the heels. Any final thoughts before we get on out of here? As we're, we're, I want to end exactly at the one minute thirty second mark. So we got, uh, like, well, 80, one minute thirty seconds was about an hour, one hour and seven minutes, minutes ago. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, no, I mean the only thing I want to say is uh, you are at DC Matthews on Twitter. I'm at Doc Manson on Twitter. Well, I'm at DC Matthews NAI, but it was close. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> Don't lie. You're gonna Don't lie to me. You're okay. At somebody. DC Matthews NAI at Doc Manson, and uh, get out there, follow us up. Retweet us and, uh, you know, be an active part of the neighborhood. Check yourself before you wickety-whack wreck yourself. Was that the thing? Sure, let's go with that. All right. For Doc Manson, I'm DC Matthews. We will see you around the neighborhood.